0: Hello, my name is Evan, and this is Social Discipline.
1: Episode 12, In Jeff We Trust. This is my friend Evan. Evan is a special education school teacher in Northwest Arkansas. And interacting with his students in the midst of this pandemic has been a bit of a challenge.
0: The way I guess my special education works is I basically kind of work like a therapist. I have weekly minutes that I need to see students every week. And with inclusion, I can see them and interact with them. Usually, you know, they have goals that I specifically work on them. But it's like I have one eighth grader where one of his goals is just homeboy's got to finish 70 percent of his work. Because for him, work's a big deal. And like another kid, they have an issue with, you know, they might get excited about getting the math problem, like knowing what to do for the math problem that they don't compute it right. I'll do like what's you know, what's nine times six, and they'll go, Oh gosh, I know that. It's sixty-two. They're so excited about knowing what, you know, six times nine is that they'll they'll be they'll get one or two off. And it's just it's a student by student basis.
1: The first story Evan told me involved his two older brothers. Evan is the third out of four boys. And he said that the two older brothers tended to be the two rowdy ones of the bunch.
0: Both my older brothers, they were kind of like the cool guys in high school. They were kind of living that varsity blues lifestyle. They were, they were living fast and loose as high high schoolers running from the cops here and there, going to parties, that kind of thing. And then me, I think, you know, kind of what happened was, is I had like the rebellious older siblings. And then by proxy, my mom ended up being more strict on me and my younger brother because they were just so wild. And so I ended up being a little more straight laced, at least in high school. I think like the worst thing I did in high school was I stayed out too late with my girlfriend at the time. You know, in comparison, <laughs> I'd say it's not that bad.
1: What was an example of something that they did that was problematic?
0: My brothers told me that this used to be a thing they would do. They There was like a liquor store, I think, in this one part of town. And they would just store their kegs out back, like out in the open. And so they would go to the back of the store and It's told me they just have like some you know just be a bunch of like high school football players and they'd carry a couple kegs into the back of someone's pickup truck and drive off. I'd say not a lot of people know this, but obviously you know like Northwest arkansas has exploded in terms of like commerce and just like growth overall, but you know that area where the promenade mall is used to just be a huge wide open field that's where the high schoolers would throw their keggers <laughs> for the sake of protecting my brother's identities. I won't say which one did it, but you know, the people, the people that do know will know which one it was. So essentially what happened is they had done their normal routine of taking a bunch of kegs and then throwing this huge party. And somebody who went to the party was like a part of the AD club. And they were guys, This is a great idea. I have access to, you know, all this, like, school technology where I can burn and copy DVDs. And, and, like, he put some, like, real, like, 90s-type effects on there with, like, people's names. Like, it's some kind of, like, awful rendition of, like, Mortal Kombat. The title of it was Friday Night Fights. And, of course, what happened was is this kid who was in the AV club used the school property to, like, make several copies of this and, like, distribute it to everybody. And, of course, what happens, one of the kid's parents finds it... And they watch it and they turn into the local police that goes up the chain of command. And like so many, I think like, you know, the AV kid, I think he got suspended because he did use like basically like school resources and funds to make this fighting DVD. I actually got to watch it. My brother showed it to me and he was fighting this guy and the referee was wearing like some like footlocker
1: type (laughs) polo
0: and like a 10 gallon lime green foam hat. Here I am, I'm sitting on the couch, kind of being like forced to watch, you know, Fox News with my parents. Like I'm sitting there, they're doing their typical like Saturday morning watching Fox News. And I'm kind of like, you know, I'd like to watch some cartoons, but what do I know? I'm 12. Something pops up and it's just some kind of rough news story that says, you know, our teenagers getting too rowdy. We're, we're going to take a look in this small rural Arkansas town.
1: Oh God.
0: Someone had filmed basically this kegger and everybody at this kegger thought hey, why don't we videotape this, put it on DVDs, and we can then give it to everybody who's at the party. And so <laughs> there there, my brother is. His face is blurred out. But I can tell it's him because he's at this kegger in his Arby's work uniform. <laughs> and my mom says, is that you in your Arby's work uniform? And my brother kind of like casually sitting there like, you know, he's like eating something. And he's like, yeah, that's, that's me. You know, it, it reminds me that like, you know, parents kind of find out about all the horrible things her kids did after the fact when they're like responsible adults. And so their parents can't really, you know, chide them for that anymore. And so here's my brother face blurred out in his Arby's work uniform fighting some dude. And my parents know it's him because they can, they can tell by his build and his shape and his size. They're like, yeah, that's definitely you. And we know that's your Arby's work uniform.
1: When Evan went away to college, like many others before him, he decided that now that he had this new sense of freedom, it was time to start drinking.
0: I would come back to my, my older brothers and I'd ask some questions when I got to college. And like, you, know, you guys have done this before, but like I, I need some guidance because I'm not going to put my trust in the, in the hands of some people when I had like my first drink. And, and, you know, that's how I get a buddy from Fort Smith. And so, you know, I had my boy Jeff. I mean, no, bro. I got you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hook you up with a really good first drink you ever had. Jeff's brilliant idea was for me to have a uh, fruit punch for loco for my first drink. ever. Oh
1: God!
0: So you know, I think that's a good case of when sometimes you got to run before you before you can walk, right? i'm definitely as i've gotten older I'm, I'm more direct but in the back of my mind i'm thinking like he got these for me and i'm I'm sitting here and in my head i'm like oh God, you know i i'm kind of that it's like that situation where you see in all forms of like media and like tv and movies where you know they're trying to get the goody two-shoes person to do something and like they just come up with like inane excuses or like oh i can't i don't know like i don't really i don't really like that and and so he got fruit punching in my head. I'm like, oh, I was like, oh, you know, I don't really like fruit punch. I don't know if I want to do this. Like, <laughs> fruit, like I don't, I don't like like Hawaiian punch. I don't like, I don't like the high sea fruit punch. You know, so I don't think I'd like this. And there's always kind of that first foray to where you get, you know, you get used to, like, just trying. You know trying alcohol for the very first time and then just it just hits your lips and then your throat and you're trying your best to just stomach it and, and take one for the team and so you know he gave it to me and ultimately it for what it was it tasted fairly decent and you know obviously it's after the fact that I found out these were like the pre- readjusted ones you know like next year's when I found out that 4 Loco had been taken off the market because their product was deemed too lethal and in my head I'm kind of going you know I think I, I think I dodged a bullet <laughs> and Jeff and I were, were teammates we were both college football teammates and he I think he's he's a great guy but I definitely if I go back in time i be like you know what Jeff I don't think I'm gonna take your advice on you know on drinking he bought me about three or four of them and I had I had two and I was I was fairly I would say I was like easing into drunk from tipsy
1: are we talking like tall boys are we talking like 20 yeah like the
0: the 24 ounce ones I drank I drank two 24 ounce four locos and Ooh,
1: those have caffeine too right so it's like yes you, it's even harder to tell <laughs> if you're drunk
0: well I think that was the big reason why they were so bad it's yeah because, like their high mixture of caffeine and alcohol would cause like heart defects or yeah you know, palpitations or all this stuff and you know i i sound like so i'm like an alaskan big game hunter and i just i'm telling my tale of like surviving <laughs> like a grizzly bear attack you know like i i made it i survived the four loco express you know it was a it was a wild time you know as wild as like me having two four locos and really craving mcdonald's for all intents and purposes it was a very it was actually like a very controlled event there was another time you know it was, it's kind of funny like you know i didn't get introduced to like keystone Life or like beer you know for my like first kind of forays into it's like here man just try like a sip of this whiskey or a sip of this light beer it's like here man we're gonna have these uh i'm gonna make skittles It's like i'm just gonna mix some orange and grape sunkissed with some r&r and bacardi gold and aristocrat and you know it'll be a great time and i'm and i'm me not being any wiser for where i'm going yeah this this sounds like you know, Jeff knows what he's doing. I, you know, I put my trust in Jeff.
1: This is a completely normal situation. You know,
0: like this is this is average, and you know, maybe for like a you know someone first getting into college, it's like a more reasonable experience. But in Jeff, we trust, and and I probably shouldn't have trusted in Jeff, but you know, in Jeff, in Jeff, I trusted, and maybe that's the subliminal message of of this. You know, that should be of this episode is you know, don't be afraid to take some risks, but if you can't taste anything, stop drinking. <laughs> so there's a. You know, there's a fine line.
1: When we think about people who are currently stuck at home and they're feeling isolated or they're feeling anxious, what advice do you have to people who are currently participating in social distancing?
0: Give me a second, Matthew, while I climb up on my soapbox. Um, This is kind of goes into a deeper ideology that I hold. I personally believe that we as Americans and more so people in general, we're all owed a personal sense and set of freedom. But with that comes personal sense and set of responsibilities that we have to hold. You know, I see see this kind of back and forth between you have all these people saying, like, you know, like, I have the right to go out and do the things I want. And I think that there can be kind of a good middle ground to where just because you're doing your part and trying to social distance isn't making you, like, government lackey. You're not furthering Big Brother's efforts by staying home. You're not doing that. You're, you're doing your kind of, I would say this is almost like a borderline civic duty. If you are fortunate enough that you do not have to go to work, you're not essential, or you can work from home, do your part to, you know, as like a way to support, support people and help out everybody and just doing your part and staying home nobody's in like terribly enjoying just being stuck at home. I mean, am I enjoying being able to sit on my butt and play Xbox all day? Yes, but (laughs) I still want to go out and do things. I'm not thrilled about staying at home, especially during summer. I bought a kayak last August and I've been looking forward to getting out of the lake. I can't. If you're fortunate enough that you, that you can stay at home. I mean, you need to do your part, right? We're flattening the curve. This is almost kind of like our 2020 version of buying war bonds is is staying at home. I feel like, and so you know, I feel like we're all we're all doing our part.
1: Evan, this has been really fun. I uh, have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate your time. Absolutely, I have as well. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for thanks for being a part of this. It was great to hear from you. Of course, happy to help. All right, we'll talk soon. If you have an extra minute. It would really mean a lot to me if you shared this podcast with your friends on social media. My hope with this show is that it can bring just a little bit of joy and inspiration to the world. And if you've experienced that yourself, I hope you let people know. And don't forget to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. We'll have a new episode up on Saturday.